The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. There was a little uh, news item this week that one could see as a parable. Um, you know, we, there's a lot of interesting things in the news. I don't know how, how the media pick out certain things to broadcast, but how many of you saw the picture of that, of that cruise boat that was in the water like this? Now, who, who, who doesn't know what I'm talking about here? There's only a few people that live in a cave. <laughs> it's been everywhere on the news. Uh, how many of you want to take a cruise next week? <laughs> I hear there are going to be some good sales coming up next week. You want to go? She wants to go. She's not going, is she? No. Uh, this, this boat, people, people uh, you know, they, they go to take a cruise. They think they're having a good time in Italy. Turned out they booked a passage on the Titanic, you know, and it's just the, the thought. This there's so many things you could you could bring out about this. The, the captain was said he liked to take chances and not play by the rules. Well, you know, you're going to get caught eventually if you do that in life, aren't you? And also, did he go down with the ship? Was he there to help people? No, he was helping himself and got off the boat. It's causing a huge uproar in Italy. This guy. Uh, they're trying to defend him. He was cooking dinner while the boat was going down or ordering dinner. But I, I mention this not for any of those reasons, although they're all really interesting, but because in some ways our Lord is trying to get through to us that life is like a boat, and at some point, if the boat doesn't sink, we certainly have to get off of it at some point. And he sends us all kinds of indications that we are in a temporary situation, and we should make good use of our time that we have a world to come. There is a port that we're going to and a, and a world that is, is very real and he wants us to be there and to be the best that we can be there. And so for that reason, he keeps trying to get through to us that what life is really all about. It's not, not, it isn't a pleasure cruise. It's, it's about learning, about faith, about service to others, uh, righteousness and justice. And uh, notice the Peace and Justice Committee is over there serving coffee and donuts this week. It's, it's about... It's all about those things. And how does he try to get through to us and we don't hear him? The first reading, uh, excuse me, the second reading is very haunting. Uh, every three years we hear this on Sunday. Brothers and sisters, I tell you, time is running out. Or the time is short. For the world in its present form is passing away. He's, Paul is talking 2,000 years ago. He's not talking about the end of the world. He's talking about the end of our world. I think we're in a kind of a transition era here ourselves now, but it's from one era to another, probably not to the end of the world, although one day that will come. But I think a lot of us spend our lives walking this way. We don't really want to see what's coming, and particularly if it involves death. So we, we walk this way until we fall off. And if somebody forces us to look, we turn our eyes away as fast as possible. Uh, when I was younger, I, had, uh, uh, I was the editor of the school newspaper in, in uh, junior high school and then the first page editor in high school. I wanted to be a journalist. I'm kind of glad I didn't get into that. But, but uh, you know, I found, I found I liked to write, you know. And, but I remember I had a reporter um, at our newspaper her name was Merrily. I was really short. She used to call me Little Z. <laughs> and I'm not Little Z anymore, and I'm Old Z. But uh, anyway, uh, 
Uh, and she was really, anyway, I kind of had the hots for her a little bit, but anyway. <laughs> But I bring her up because uh, one day she was in a, a Volkswagen and uh, the, um, there was a traffic accident and she died. And that was, uh, she was 16 years old. And uh, she has never aged in my mind in the last many, many years since that occurred. I'm sure that ask anybody at my school and they will remember merrily. Many others have passed into obscurity. You find them on Facebook now. You know, do you remember when, that kind of thing. But, but Marilee remains alive. Um, it's almost as if the greatest mission she had was to die. Uh, you know, it's funny. She had a huge impact, that's all I'm saying. It, I, uh, that and the death of my own sister, I, I thought so much about what comes after death. And it was a good thing. Uh, I couldn't turn my eyes away anymore. Uh, and it kind of led to being a priest in some ways. But, but later on in college, we had the same experience. I went to Loyola Marymount University, and a very prominent student passed away while during the four years that I went there. And uh, later on, at the same university in the early 1990s, they had another very prominent death. How many of you remember Hank Gathers? Does this name ring a bell to a few people? He was a prominent rising star in the basketball world. He would have been in, in, in the NBA All-Stars for sure, but he had a heart attack and uh, he had a heart failure while either pre playing or practicing uh, at Loyola. These, these incidents, I had a teacher at Loyola that, she was a philosophy teacher named Rhonda Shervin. Uh, she's written some books. I don't know if anybody's ever read any of them, but, but I've read some of them. And Rhonda made a comment in my philosophy class. I was a philosophy theology and sociology major. And she said, she said, you know, I've noticed over the years that there seems to be every, every certain number of years there's a very prominent death here and at other colleges I've taught at. She said it's almost as if it's God's way of trying to wake the students up to what life is about. That that's part of the mission of that particular individual. And something I never forgot, you know, we as priests are trained to deal with, with life and death. Uh, I've had a lot of deaths in my family, so I'm not really afraid to look at it. But, but a lot of people are, and for very good reason. They, we don't, if, if you're afraid of what's coming, you're not going to want to look there, especially if you're not ready. Uh, I don't know how many times I've come into a, a hospital room or, or somebody is being anointed and they're, and they're dying, and everybody knows they're dying. And most of all, the patient knows. And you come in, come into these hospital rooms, and sometimes everybody's sitting around in a circle staring at the patient. You know what I mean? If I, if I were that patient, I'd say, get out. <laughs> I don't want you staring at me. But the thing is, if the patient, you know, they, they want to say, for example, you know, I don't think I'm going to be around much longer. Oftentimes the family will say, you look better than ever. Things are going to get better, you know. And blah, 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 you know. You know why? Because they, they can't face what's coming. The family can't face it. And so oftentimes, the person that's, that's, that's going through this has nobody to share this with. If, if you find yourself in this situation, I was trained in this in, uh, in hospital chaplaincy when I was in New Hampshire, is that you know, we in, people in hospice or in ministry or uh, nurses and people in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the caring fields 
is that when you go into the room, particularly if everyone leaves the room and up for confession or something, very often the person on the hot seat, the person that's dying, will say, you know, uh, I want to talk to you about my death. And nobody else will go there with them. You know? So we, what they do is they, they'll say something to you like, uh, I don't think I'm going to make it. That's their way of testing the waters to see if anybody wants to accompany them a little bit further on the journey. And this is, God wishes us at times to walk this journey so that we will gain wisdom in this world. Brothers and sisters, I tell you, the time is short. This is not a depressing statement. The world to come is infinitely better than the one we're in. But this world has to be used wisely. In order to gain the wisdom we need for the world that we live in, we have to understand that, brothers and sisters, the time is short. Uh, How am I using my time? Uh, Jonah is walking through Nineveh. He's saying, 40 days more and Nineveh will be destroyed. Nineveh is a pagan city. And yet they heard him and they repented with fasting and prayer. And God protected them from what was coming that would have destroyed their city. And so sometimes God asks us to go with him. We have many signs in our world that God is active and that he wishes us to do that. What we find instead, I had a very interesting book, I believe that same professor gave me. It's very rare that after so many years, I don't have many books from college anymore, but I still have this one. It's in the office over here. It's called The Denial of Death by, uh, by Becker. I forget the man's first name. I don't know if it's still in print, but it was a very, very interesting book. He said, you know, our culture does everything to look away from the, from the elephant in the living room, you know? Uh, when a person is, has died, they say they've passed on. They've gone to their reward. They're at rest. Even Jesus uses this word. Lazarus is sleeping. When they go into the, if, if these days we do a lot of cremations, but uh, oftentimes if there's a viewing, they look better than they've looked in 20 years. I know my mother looked better than she looked in the last 10 years. And it's a little bit creepy in a way, but it, it, it's something that we, we do because we don't really want to face what, what is. When people come into the, into the church for a funeral, not necessarily your, yourselves, but there are many people who are coming into the church under duress. They haven't been in church in years, number one. That's, that's uncomfortable in and of itself. But then you've got this dead body in the middle of the church. And so they can't wait to leave, you know. And I can see it on their faces. But it's important for that hour that God can get through to them. This is life. This is a part of life. It used to be that people would put the body in the, in the, in the living room for three days. This is why... This is why Funeral parlors look like living rooms. That's how it started. And there was a lot of wisdom in that, in teaching our, our young people that this is a part of life. This is, this, is, this is what God wants us to understand. God gives us many signs in our lives that there is a new world coming. And here we are between, between Christmas and Lent. And in this period, he tells us not only through Paul, I tell you that time is short, but he says those weeping should not be, live as though you're not weeping. 
If you're rejoicing, as if you're not rejoicing. Those are opposites. If you're weeping, live as though you're not. If you're rejoicing, live as though you're not. What he means is, be detached, be ready for anything. And then I can really use you. These guys fishing in the, in the gospel, Peter and Andrew and James and John, they're sitting there in their fishing boat. John, who wrote this exquisite gospel, is sitting in a fishing boat. Can you believe this? That's what he was doing for a living. And the Lord walked by and he said, follow me. And they dropped everything because they were ready. They were detached enough to walk away from their father, Zebedee, who ran the, book, the business for the forum, it sounds like. Their boat, their lives. They followed him. They were detached. So I think sometimes we, this, these gospels, these readings, teach us a little about what God is doing in our lives. We, he will sometimes lead us to places we'd rather not look at, places we'd rather not go. But it is for our own good. We can gain so much wisdom in this way. God uses signs. He uses wonders. He uses many ways to teach us. Brothers and sisters, I tell you, the time is short.